Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Market Saints. Happy quarter four season as all the Q3 reports are finally piling in and my deadlines week last week is now over. I am super excited to bring you guys this episode joined in studio by Stu, of course. Hey, how are you guys doing? And uh, yeah, that's about it. Let's get right into the first segment cash and checks and breaking banks. I'm going to start us off here with cash and checks. I'm going to go, then Stu's going to go with his cash and checks, and then we'll move right into breaking banks. So my cash and, cash and checks is actually a company that's going public today. So while Elon Musk contemplates selling his Tesla shares, another electric vehicle company is asking you to please buy theirs. Today, Rivian is going public. So today is Wednesday, by the way. So if you're hearing this later in the week, this stock is already public. But anyway, their stock is hitting the market at a monster $77 and a billion dollar valuation with the goal of raising around $10 billion. If this startup goes to plan, it would be the seventh largest IPO on a U.S. stock exchange ever and the biggest public offering for a U.S. company since Facebook in 2012. So I'm talking a big game here. But what does Rivian even make? So its first products will include a pickup truck called the R1T, an SUV, the R1S, and a commercial delivery van. So for this RCV, which is the electric delivery van, Amazon has already ordered 100,000 of them to bolster and convert their electric fleet. This gives Rivian huge credibility right off the bat. And being backed by both Amazon and Ford, some are saying that Rivian has just too much firepower to fail. As it is, Amazon owns 22% of the company, and Jeff Bezos is such a Rivian fanboy that on the way to, to space this summer when he you know launched with his company, he rode up to the launch site in a Rivian SUV. Bezos has called Scarringe, which is the uh, CEO of the company, One of the greatest entrepreneurs I've ever met, he said. Another legacy company that's bet on Rivian is Ford. As it looked for ways to challenge Tesla in the EV space, Ford beat out General Motors to take a 12% stake in Rivian. It stands to earn $7 billion when Rivian goes public. So the founder of Rivian is an MIT grad named RJ Scarringe, who I just mentioned before, who founded this company in 2009 with the original aspiration to make electric sports cars. But after Tesla and Elon Musk gained a lot of traction, instead of competing with Tesla, RJ pivoted towards bigger off-road trucks and vehicles, still electric, of course. This stock is coming out hot, like a number one pick in the NFL, but nobody knows if it'll fully be like a Jamarcus Russell and be a bust, or if it's going to be a home run like Peyton Manning or Elway. But with huge backing and massive orders already outstanding, I have a lot of faith in this stock, and it's my cash and checks because it's come in public, and I think you're going to see a lot of green coming from this stock in the near future. My cash and checks of the week is Energy Transfer. The company is a dominant midstream player in the energy distribution game. Yeah, Cole. Uh, for those that may not know, can you just explain what a midstream company does or like what the industry is? Yeah, absolutely. When you're discussing energy companies, you're generally going to describe them as downstream or upstream. However, obviously, like I said, Energy Transfer is a midstream company. This means that rather than being involved in the production of or the final distribution of, they work more in the storage and transportation of these energy products. So for a little background, the company was started in Texas in in the 90s and has grown steadily into the beast that it is today. 
In the late 2010s, the company absorbed ETP and now operates under its new name, Energy Transfer, and trades under the ticket ET. The company's stock has been taking hits since the 2020 election despite reporting revenue and net income growth, actually returning to green figures for the first time since pre-2020. As for the company's other qualifiers of the same time period from the third quarter of 2020 to its most recent report, EBITDA has moved from $2.3 billion down to $2.26 billion. And for the listeners who don't know what EBITDA is, I'll explain that now. EBITDA is an abbreviation for, the, for earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. This metric is meant to solely measure the profitability of the operating business only. It effectively does this by stripping away everything that is listed in the acronym so investors can get a real sense of what they're getting into. So overall, with energy transfer, the last quarter's report was a mixed bag. While the company is clearly battling through a difficult spot with the anti-petrol administration, their year-to-date earning, earnings are promising, and I think these current reports only make it better to cash some checks. Buy low, sell high is the mantra of every investor, from the guys using Robinhood to the guys on Wall Street, and I really don't think this price could get any better. All right, now moving on to our next part of this segment, breaking banks. So my breaking banks is for this company as a whole, not even necessarily their stock price. This company has been a walking L for a while, and it's taken some massive hits in the past, and now we're kind of at the end. So U.S. industrial giant General Electric will split into three companies following years of seeing its stock underperform, the company announced Tuesday. So the company is going to be divided into separate units focused on aviation, healthcare, and energy. So GE plans to spin off the healthcare unit by early 2023 and the energy unit by early 2024. Their CEO released a statement saying, by creating three industry-leading global public companies, Each can benefit from greater focus, tailored capital allocation, and strategic flexibility to drive long-term growth and value for customers, investors, and employees. We are putting our technology expertise, leadership, and global reach to work to better serve our customers. GE was co-founded in the late 1800s by Thomas Edison, and it went through several transformations over the last century as the U.S. economy changed becoming a leader in appliances, jet engines, and power turbines. GE spent periods as the largest company by market value as recently as the early 2000s, but then when the financial crisis hit, GE was never really the same again. Despite their recent outperformance, GE shares have badly underperformed the market over the last two decades. The stock has lost 2% annually since 2009, compared with a 9% annual return for the S&P 500. The company has been plagued by high levels of debt in recent years that have drawn skepticism on Wall Street. The capital structure of the new firms will be announced at a later date, GE said. And Culp added that on a call with investors that the energy segment will have the least amount of debt. So look, overall, I think this will be great long term for GE to wipe away their past and to start with a new fresh clean slate where each new budding company created by this split can have a sole industry focus. Of course, I'm saying, wow, look, this stock is so great, but it's in my break and bank segment. I don't think that this is going to be a great stock right now, but maybe down the line, GE can find some success in their you know, history of misfortune will maybe be rewritten and they'll be brought back to their glory days in the early 2000s. But I think this was kind of a long time coming. I'm happy that it, you know, GE has finally made a move to split up and, you know, scavenge the co- the company as best they can. 
but I'm excited to at least see what happens in the next couple of years and see how these independent companies that sprouted from GE end up, you know, performing. Wow, Cole, that was a, that was a that was kind of a beast of a breaking banks. I mean, I kind of don't want to do mine now, to be honest. Um, well, uh, well, either way, my my breaking banks is Avis. It's a uh, less interesting than G- it's it's a really interesting stock. Okay, um, so as of noon to d- today, the stock has tanked 14 points and was taking a beating. So to contextualize all this, this is happening in the light of its meteoric rise at the start of the month, where the stock price actually jumped from around $173 to well above $370. Obviously, this is all happening in strikingly close proximity to the enterprise call rental uh, Tesla, Tesla deal. So one of the reasons that this is happening is the subsequent announcement from Musk that the deal has not actually been signed between Tesla and enterprise. This has caused this type of unworthy inflation in the Avis stock that is represented by its absurd 2.28 beta ratio. Um, People are saying that Avis is the latest meme stock and the same people who took GameStop and Dogecoin to the moon with their diamond hands are adding Avis to their unique portfolio. So we'll see where it goes. It's already starting to crash. It looked like they were doing all right, but um, I think it's paper hands all the way. And Cole, I just want to toss this in there. Uh, when you were doing your Rivian segment, I actually I hadn't even looked up their cars, and you know uh, they actually look pretty great. Which I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of how a lot of these cars look, but these look like looks like a Bronco mixed with a Suburban, and the truck just straight up looks like an electric F-150. Um, so do you? Obviously, you mentioned Ford's involvement with them. Do you think that they're manufacturing these cars for them, lending them their their um, their output lines? What do you think they're doing? So Rivian actually has their own assembly lines. They have a, a factory in normal Illinois, and they also have a, a couple of other factories. And it would make sense that their cars do look a lot like a Ford F-150. I mean, there's only so many ways that you can make a pickup truck. They all kind of look generic enough. They have the same type of body and shape. Uh, maybe they have a little bit different cut, but all pickup trucks are generally very similar. But it would make sense. They have their own assembly lines. At the same time, though, Ford does own 12% stake in the company. They invested $500 million originally, and then they bumped up their investment a little bit. It was undisclosed, but I'm assuming maybe $100 million more or so. And that return is going to give them $7 billion, like I said before, when this company goes public. So it would make sense that they would factor in and care about this company in the way that it looks. And Ford's had so much success with their pickup trucks, then if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. All right, moving on to the Rock Report, I kind of liked how we made it last week, where we combined www.hottakes with the Rock Report, where we're going to tell you about something and then afterwards give you our opinion on it. Now, we already kind of covered the biggest news of the week with Rivian going public and GE splitting into three different companies, so I think that we are going to take this segment to talk about a new budding market that a lot of people are extremely skeptical on and a lot of people are extremely bullish on. And that's the NFT market. NFTs stands for non-fungible token. And you probably still have no idea what that means, so let me explain it to you. Non-fungible, more or less, means that it's unique and can't be replaced with something else. For example, a Bitcoin is fungible. You trade one for another Bitcoin, and you'll have the exact same thing. However, a -a one-of-a-kind trading card is non-fungible. If you traded it for a different card, you'd have something completely different and unique. 
At a very high level, most NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Dogecoin, but its blockchain also supports these NFTs, which store extra information that makes them work differently from, say, an Ethereum coin. It is worth noting that other blockchains can implement their own versions of NFTs, and some actually have. NFTs are not specific to one kind of product. It could be a drawing, music, it could be a LeBron James dunk. But most of the current boom is around using technology to create and sell digital art. What makes NFTs incredibly hard to wrap your head around is that you can literally copy a digital file as many times as you want, including the art that's included within the NFT. The caveat and purpose behind the NFT is to give you one thing that can't be copied, ownership of the work. Anyone can buy a frame picture and copy of the Mona Lisa and hang it in their house, and you won't even be able to tell the difference between that and the original. I mean, in fact, the Louvre sometimes even has fake copies of Mona Lisa on display if the real artwork is being uh, you know, put under preservation work. The point is, you can't tell the difference. Same thing with the NFT. Anyone can have the art technically if you copy the file, and you know visually it's the same, but you can sleep at night knowing that you own it. Even explained it's a crazy concept, but it's absolutely on fire. So, Stu, what do you what do you think about it? You know, honestly, I mean, I've I've explained this before. I'm a massive proponent of you know the cryptocurrencies, but this one's a little out there for me personally. Um, you know, there's there's a big difference. I think I, you really hit hit something there with the Mona Lisa example. You know, you can buy a copy of the Mona Lisa, a lithograph, whatever you want to call it. You can buy one, but it's not the Mona Lisa. But this is like a digital file. My I could NFT my my last classics essay. It doesn't mean it. Just it's a little out there for me to be honest. Um, I think I'm not sure I'd be buying one anytime soon. Yeah. So what's crazy about this market, and I get super excited about it because NFTs. This reminds me of cryptocurrency a couple of years ago. People were like, "You're absolutely crazy. What are you talking about? Like a digital currency? Like th- that's stupid. It will fail." But what you got to look at, and, and obviously this may not end up as successful as something like Bitcoin, but what's so crazy is the, the massive gambles that people are taking in this market. Bitcoin was essentially a massive gamble years ago. You invested a bunch of money in it. It could have totally tanked or could have blown up as it is and made you a bajillion dollars. So let's talk about the, uh, the most expensive NS- NFT ever sold to date. So there was a, uh, a piece called The First 5,000 Days, and it was created by this dude named Beeple. Beeple has been making artwork every day, uh, online artwork, digital artwork, every day since May 2007 and has not missed a single day. So this was a massive collage of the first 5,000 days of everything that he's made, and it was sold for a whopping $69 million. Million. With an M. And overall, he's blown up as an artist, and he's now acclaimed as, you know, like a I would say an NFT celebrity for, you know, the things that he produces every day and followed behind that and him uh, as an artist is the trend on CryptoPunks. CryptoPunks, there's no easy way to describe it. I highly suggest that you Google it, but essentially it looks like a really old pixelated profile picture of random characters. Yeah, I mean, uh, part of that that I'm going to toss in there is the fact that even when we were setting up this segment, if you Google highest selling NFT, it's going to say CryptoPunk number 9998, part of a collection of 10,000 NFTs, which you're talking about. It says it 
quote, sold for $530 million. But we, we found out if you dig a little deeper, you realize it was actually a market manipulation tactic. And the seller was, he was also the buyer. So it was just trying to pump up the price on these other things. So this is the kind of trap that you may be worried that somebody's going to fall into where there's going to be a hyperinflated market where people are manipulating the market and manipulating the media. You know, if this guy wasn't found out that he was actually selling it to himself, who knows what people would have, you know, assumed the value of these crypto pumps, are, you know, crypto punks are. As it is, we have crypto punks here, crypto punk number 3100 selling for $7.5 million. We have CryptoPunk 7804 selling for $7.5 million as well. It's, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely absurd. So as of whole, you know, there's only a finite number of CryptoPunks that have been produced, which maybe the scarcity is a reason that these are so well valued, but there's really no rhyme or reason why one is valued significantly more than others. And I think that celebrity influence plays a huge role into why these are valued at what they are. I think the one thing that I will say about this, I actually have two things to say here. The first is like anything, this is just, it's like crypto. If you don't have, if nobody has faith in it, it's worthless. It's like the same with the U S dollar. It's not backed by anything anymore. You know, it's the bottom line here is if somebody believes in it, if, the, if there is a buyer for it, then it has value. So that's just completely up to the market. But the other thing that I did want to say about this is the fact that when you look at if, if you, any of you have ever seen Billions, you'll uh, remember the episode where Axel is involved with uh, the art. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but you can use art as a tax write-off, especially if it's donated. So uh, one thing I do see this market kind of going more in a dark direction, similar like we just talked about with CryptoPunk number 9998, is the fact that somebody can buy one of these pieces for an inflated value and take that as a tax write-off. So I do see that being kind of an obscure use for this market. Yeah, absolutely. I can see something like that. And, you know, the biggest, of, of course, we just talked about it. This entire market is backed by perspective and belief. And the real people that are bullish in this market are the same crazy people that invested in Bitcoin when Bitcoin was nothing. So it's these same people that basically said, I saw it work once. I can will it to work again. And, you know, you have things like the first tweet on Twitter. So the first tweet ever sold for just under $3 million. And then Doge, the really, really popular. If you look up Doge on Google, you will most definitely recognize the image. It was a, it was a dog that was a massive meme for a very long time, sold for $4 million. So people are buying memories and people are buying things that you know they perceive to have value. And again, it's the same people that were crazy bullish on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency that are now resurfacing again for NFTs. And you can even see NFTs are now being intertwined with the, you know, um, cryptocurrency market where people have absurd amounts of money invested already in these, you know, cryptocurrencies. And they're now just kind of diversifying their portfolio per se by, you know, having NFTs in that same portfolio paired with that Ethereum that still can, you know, increase or decrease in value. It's not finite and it's not fixed. Oh, uh, Cole, I agree. I, I'm not an oracle. I'm not going to be able to tell you what this NFT will be worth in the future, but it is a gamble. At the end of the day, I think that you've we've we said it. Cryptocurrency is no longer a crazy theory. It is mainstream. This could end up there. I'm not sure, but uh, if I sunk any money into this, I'd consider it lost. Yeah, most definitely. It's definitely something that you should touch with a six foot pole and, you know, be very skeptical of, although it's very interesting to watch other people gamble their money the way that they have. But, uh, 
as a whole, that's that's the segment here on the Rock Report. I just wanted to touch on NFTs and I know you know you guys let us know what you think if you have any feedback on the episode or also if you have any opinions on NFTs because it is definitely something that I feel like everyone should have an opinion on one way or the other. Yeah, and if uh, anybody's interested in my personal series of NFTs coming out soon, uh, my Venmo is at StuDog. I will send you an email with my NFTs. Starting prices start at $1 million, but subject to change. That's negotiable. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this great episode of Market Saints. We're happy to bring it to you. It will be released. I mean, you'll probably be listening to it uh, now at some point later in the week, but we are filming on Wednesday, so it's a little bit earlier in the week just because there's some stuff going on later this week. But we thank you again for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you.